Hi, and welcome to show number 31 of the El Calcita Travel Talks, a podcast where people share travel stories and adventures. My name is Tony Lloyd, and I'm your host. I'd like to thank all the people who have been listening from all over, but some special thanks to people in Slovakia, in Belgium, in the U.S. Virgin Islands, Nepal, Turkey, and a whole lot more. For anyone who's interested in donating to this show, please take a look at our podcast notes to see how you could do so. All contributions will be gratefully appreciated. If you have not already done so, please subscribe on one of your podcast providers so you get all the updates as soon as they come in. Take a look at our Facebook page for all the written stories. And if you're someone that likes to write, or if you have an idea for a future podcast, please send me an email to lcafthetraveltalks at gmail.com. Any questions or comments that you might have or any way that you can suggest to improve on this show, please also send me an email to that address, which is lcafthetraveltalks at gmail.com. For today's show, I sit down with a young lady who is Peruvian Japanese Spanish. We talk about her travels and her search for a place to call home. So please get yourself a tea or a coffee and enjoy today's show. My name is Denny. I am from Lima, Peru, and um, I'm here traveling all Ecuador, so now I'm in Cuenca. Okay. Explain to me a little bit about how you would define yourself culturally. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Lima. I have a mother that comes from Cajamarca, which is in the mountains of Peru. And I have a father who is born and raised in Lima, but his parents come from Japan. Being in Peru, being half Japanese, it, just, it was never really an issue, but for my Japanese side, being half Peruvian was an issue. Okay. So my mom is like a mixture of uh, Spanish and Peruvian. So, you know, I felt I was, you know, I could enjoy a little bit of everything that I, I was. When I was with my Japanese family, I just never felt I was 100% welcome. Trying to fit in, it wasn't a goal of mine. <laughs> okay, but you did, you did mention to me that you went to Japan and you were living in Japan for a while. So let's talk okay. a little bit about that. Let's talk about why okay. that happened. Okay. Because sometimes people say, no, I'm not trying, yeah. but in the yeah. back, I believe. Cause yeah. I remember I was talking to one of my friends and we made a list of the top five countries we wanted to visit in the future when mm -hmm. we would start traveling. And I, I, I can't remember where I mentioned, but Japan was not in the list. Okay. And my friend was like, but you're half Japanese. Like, how come Japan is not there? And he actually put Japan on the list because oh, Japan is so awesome. I said, well, I don't, I never want to go because I just don't feel any emotional connection. And I think it's a culture that to me is just really hard to get in and like it just nothing makes sense to me I don't understand anything because I grew up not really my my Japanese family would show me everything but would never explain anything to me you know okay. like the food or the paintings or you know the the religion or you know like when they were praying like nothing would was explained to me so to me it was there physically but I couldn't understand it so over the years I decided I, I wanted to travel badly, uh -huh. and a friend of mine made a joke, like, uh, oh, maybe you should go to Japan, and I was like, wait a second, I 
do I'm a, I am able to get a, a visa to live there because uh-huh. of my family. So I said, yeah, let's do it. Why not? You know, bold decision. And uh, I did it because the 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 not wanting to accept my Japanese side made me want to go understand at least on my own without my family what this culture is all about. Okay. So. So I want to hear a little bit about. Okay, you got the ticket in your hand and you're getting on the plane yeah. and you're flying into Japan because. I believe that something must be going through your head at that moment while you're on the plane and the plane is about to land. <laughs> I'm thinking, all right, here I am, here I'm going. And uh, I don't know, I just, I want to just absorb not just the culture, but learn something else that not because I'm half Japanese, but I wanted to be just a neutral person, okay. you know. Well, at the moment I wasn't thinking about meeting my family because they were in Okinawa. Okay. So I, I just went to Tokyo, okay. just like, you know. Okay, this is the thing. Because I'm very blended, you know, I'm yeah. just like Spanish, Peruvian, Japanese. Like, I, I grew up feeling that nothing would apply to me, like in terms of discrimination. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I felt like I was immune to <laughs> to any of these things okay. because I'm just too mixed, you okay. know? So when I was there, like, uh, and because I never had like an emotional, uh, like a strong emotional connection to my Japanese family, like even if Japanese people would be, you know, discriminating towards me, I wouldn't feel offended, mm-hmm. you know? So, and uh, and I was never trying really hard to fit in. I just wanted to be there, like a like a neutral person, uh-huh. and trying to absorb everything. But of course, you know, you I already knew how Japanese were, you know, uh-huh. because of my family. So some things I already knew how how people would be, uh-huh. and I saw some reactions of people, not towards me, but in general, you uh-huh. know, how people would behave hide their feelings or you know those like emotions that I already saw before mm-hmm. you know so but I have to say that my first three years in Japan were really difficult you know how, how long were you in Japan altogether first my first time was five years and okay. the second time was two years that's a, that's a long time. Okay, five years. And then two. Okay, so explain to us a little bit about your first three years, or even your first year. My first year was, I think the first six months were, uh, were a mix of honeymoon and hell. Okay. There is something in, in multiculturalism yeah. that's called the honeymoon phase, and it's... It's, it's, it's within your first three months. And what the honeymoon phase means is that you get there and you're all excited and everything is, is new, everything is wonderful, everything is spectacular. Yeah. And then as you try to fit in and settle, you realize that some of these things have become too more of a challenge. So let's talk a little bit about that. So what were some of the things that you... Not some of the external things. Like obviously we know that if you look at a sign in Japanese and it's not in Spanish or English, we obviously know that the sign is going to be written in a different way that mm-hmm. I'm not sure how strong your Japanese was at the time. But let's look at some of the internal things. 
Uh, well, my Japanese was non-existent, so I couldn't really communicate. And I was really scared that whatever would happen to me, like nobody would help me, you mm-hmm. know. Because in Tokyo, that's really common. <laughs> okay. You know, something would happen and no one, no one would stop, you know. I mean, it's a peaceful city, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, you know, but I mean, that's just in general, whether you're Japanese or foreigner. But anyway, um, I don't know. I, I was just trying to... I don't, it's, well, the thing is, like, I was working at a place where I was working with foreigners. Okay. What were you doing? I was teaching English back okay. then. Um, so I was working with foreigners, and so they were my family. You okay. Know? And I'm assuming that you were teaching English to Japanese. Yes. Okay. Yes. So and here you are, you're the teacher, yeah. teaching English to Japanese. Have, did any of them comment or ask you or did you have any like okay yeah what were some of the feelings there um yeah a lot of people would ask me like um where are you from i said i was from peru and some people would you know comment on my looks you know Mm -hmm. like uh, oh but you know you look a little you know because they would look look at my name okay and i would explain to them about my background so they would find it they would find it interesting Mm -hmm. But they would still see me as Peruvian, okay. you know, and uh, to me that that was normal, okay. you know. And I was never expecting them to welcome me and it's like, oh, you're half Japanese, welcome to Japan, or, uh-huh. you know. But they were always were friendly they... and really polite, and you know. But what yeah. was what were some? You said in the first five years was difficult. But what were some of the difficulties? Um, I think. Uh, it's what well, Japanese culture is just a very close culture. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter if you live there for 20, 30, 40 years, like you will always be a foreigner to them, you know. Okay. But I, give us an example. It's just the treatment, like uh, they can be really kind, um, they can do anything for you, like you need help, they'll help you. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's something that I really love about Japan, like someone that I mean, they get to know you in person, like they would love to be your friends, but they would always put like okay there's a limit okay. you know of the friendship or something like you know so and I, well that's how they are so i i understood that it wasn't just my family mm-hmm. that's just how japanese people are mm-hmm. and then i was learning through the history you know that they were a country that were shut down for many years so for them it's really hard to accept outside. things from outside mm-hmm. So I was understanding that that's how they are and the society put pressure on, on themselves too, you know. Like you're not allowed to call your kid up, uh, give your kid a foreign name, for example, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you can, <laughs> but it doesn't look good to them, okay. you know, things mm-hmm. like that. So you learn those things so you understand, okay, okay, I get it, <laughs> you okay. know. And... And, um, but could you give us like a specific example of something that happened in, in, in like in one day or one event or something, a specific example of something yeah, that you made that, you know, you said you had a hard time. So like maybe one time where you're just like, okay, I can't take it anymore or, you know, I need to go. I don't want to go. Or you were very upset. 
a specific example? Mm. Uh, uh, it was. I think the reality is that they were never, people never treated me badly. Okay. You know, people were always kind to me. Okay. You know. But you you said that you the first five years was difficult. Ah, emotionally so, for me because. Okay. That's um, what I'd like to hear. So one of those examples of one of those emotional time. Mm, it, it, it's it's just not. I I can't remember one specific moment. Mm -hmm. It was just everything. You know, mm -hmm. like uh, just just feeling that, just the feeling that you're different in the whole city. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, it's like I am the um, the drop of oil in this mm -hmm. uh, bowl of water. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. like no matter where I go, like I'm never going to be part of the water. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, you know, it's. It's very alienating, but it's, I mean, you just don't feel you're part of it. Like, it's, it's not something you can explain, like, yeah, this happened. Okay. Or, ah, oh, okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> well, it's got to be a day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, there was this lady who was one of my students and she became my friend and she was a Japanese dancer. Uh -huh. So she had so many kimonos, blah, blah, blah. And I told her that I really like kimonos. And she's like, oh, I'll take you kimono shopping. And um, she took me to all these places. And um, I remember I went to this really, really old fashioned kimono shop and the lady, uh, you know, uh, she was an old lady. She was like, nah, I think she's a little too fat for, for her to wear kimono. <laughs> and I'm not fat, like. Okay, yeah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, but she would just make a comment like, mm, she had to make some comment as in like, I'm uncomfortable making her put on a kimono, kind okay. of, you know? Mm -hmm. So those little things, you know? And, uh, or for example, I wasn't well, okay, but, I was not welcome in a swimming pool because uh -huh. I had tattoos. They asked me to leave the pool. Uh -huh. You know, I was swimming and some people in the pool, like older people, like they complain at reception and mm -hmm. so they asked me to leave. Uh -huh. So that was one, for example. Yeah. But Sorry. I was like, okay, here we go again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think uh, it took me a little too long to find my my group of friends and the right Japanese people for me I guess you know mm -hmm. but eventually the fourth and fifth year were good years for me okay. so when I left Japan I felt I felt like I had a hangover you know okay. I was exhausted I was mentally exhausted but with a good ending you know because I was enjoying myself I was just you know accepting the way Japanese culture was. Okay. So I wasn't really trying to change anything. I was just, you know, learning who I was. And I did, in those five years, I met many half Japanese. Moved to Australia, love everything physically was impressive. Like the houses, the beach, the weather, you know, no crime, like low crime and just everything was just fantastic. But somehow I just didn't feel it was home. And I was getting tired, I was traveling for too many years, and I was just like, I needed to take a break. So I came back to Japan, you know.
I was like, okay, I really need to be I You went home. back to Japan to take no, a sorry, break. Sorry, yeah. sorry, to Peru. To Peru, okay. <laughs> so I just felt like, okay, I guess a part of me will always feel Peru is home, mm-hmm. you know, because I know everything. I, I can't just be 100% myself. Uh-huh. I don't have to think too much. I'm just me. Uh, but, but there's still, okay. There are parts but. that I, I can't adjust to, like um, going back to see my, who were my good friends, you know, to see them again and they just don't understand me anymore. Mm-hmm. Why, I mean, I don't understand why they don't understand me anymore. Mm-hmm. Or you've grown away from them. Yeah, so I had to kind of restructure my, my, my circle of friends and start from scratch almost, you okay. know. And I think that helped me live in Peru a little bit happier because I was choosing people that were, you know, more, more, they were, they liked who I was, okay. you know, who I am now, sorry. And so that's helped me a lot. And, but still, I think, uh, I don't know, I don't know where home is yet. So, but... The older I get, the happier I am with who I am. So I'm thinking that wherever I go, I'm just going to be happy because I'm just, I know I'm going to meet great people. I'm going to do fun things. And I think like this travel, this journey that I'm mm-hmm. doing around Ecuador and just meeting all these people and stuff like that, I realize that I'm just happy wherever I go. So uh-huh. of course I want to keep on traveling, but I think I'm finding, you know, that home is just, in my mind. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, that's yeah. fine, that's fair. Where do you feel you are today? Where are you today? I don't know, I'm still, like, well, although I'm saying home is like, I'm happy with myself and everything, mm-hmm. but I'm still looking for a place where I really want to be happy and live happily ever after, but I'm realizing that part of me thinks like, why would I stop? Like, the planet is so big and there will always be great people to meet and mm-hmm. many places and so... I don't think I'll ever stop. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Danny. Yeah. Thank you. That was a good conversation. I yeah. really enjoyed that. I enjoyed talking to okay. you. Thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed today's show as much as I did. Along with travel, the subject of TCK's transcultural kids is something very dear to my heart. So I always enjoy sitting down and talking with other TCKs. If you'd like to help support the show, please take a look at our podcast notes to see how you could do so. Our Facebook page to see the written stories. And if you're someone that likes to write or has an idea for a future podcast, please send me an email to elcafcitatraveltalks at gmail.com. For any questions or comments on how I can improve on the show, please send me an email to elcafcitatraveltalks. And don't forget to subscribe on one of the podcast providers so you get all the updates as soon as they come in. And as always, please take care and I look forward to seeing you here at the El Cafecito in Cuenca, Ecuador as soon as things clear up. Bye for now and stay safe.